Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Believe it or not, training camp is almost on the horizon, JC. The season is clearly in the focus and the scope of our conversations. And all of a sudden, it's time to get back to Lakers basketball here on the Hoopball Lakers podcast with, of course, JC. He's JC. I'm Ethan. You guys know us. And if you're new to us, well, welcome in. This is the Hoopball Lakers podcast. And JC, we talked about it just before we started recording. First of all, how the hell are you? And second of all, it already feels like there's a better chemistry to this Lakers team before they even play a single game together. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, one thing, um, and it's weird. Oddly enough, I think the piece that kind of signified that the chemistry is going to be so much better because throughout his career, he's been kind of a malcontent, has been, been Rajon Rondo. Um, I forgot who it was on Twitter. I saw that it was pointed out that since he's left Boston, which was a long time ago, the most games he's played for any team has actually been the Lakers. And so he seems really happy being back. A lot of the fans are happy to see him back. His He's got undeniable chemistry with LeBron, which some people were surprised by during his first run. But, yeah, I mean, the, the chemistry, it, it should have been more of a red flag that Dennis Schroeder was going to be a chemistry problem last offseason he, he, after he immediately signed was talking about how he, he was kind of demanding to be a starter. And it was apparent throughout the whole regular season that he just wasn't a chemistry fit. And it was, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy how, how that one subtraction has become such a huge addition for this team. That's a great line. It's a great way to put it, man. And, you know, it, it's sort of surreal to think about. And if, if it's surreal for me, I know it's got to be surreal, surreal and then some for him that, you know, he turned down 80 plus million dollars to stay with LeBron and Anthony Davis to take a one-year, $6 million bet on himself in Boston with an uncertain role, not guaranteed to start, very much up in the air. So, you know, it's funny how life works out. That At the end of the day, he's still getting paid a lot more money than I am. So, you know, who am I to talk about his financial decisions? But 
Of course, any of us are going to sit here and question that. But undeniably, JC, I think the Lakers have to really like how things have worked out for them this offseason, including Rajon Rondo. As soon as he was traded off to Memphis, JC, I sat there and I said, there's absolutely no way he's going to play for the Grizzlies this season. It was just a matter of time until he was bought out. And of course, as even before he was, you knew the Lakers were going to be interested because of the factors that you referenced, because the Lakers had the roster space, they, they had a position of need where Rondo could actually help this roster. And I think from a leadership standpoint too, right, you know, LeBron James, I don't know how vocal he's been publicly about the loss of Jared Dudley. I know he comment, you know, had a comment or two on Twitter, but outside of that, but I think Jared Dudley is a major loss for the locker room. So, you know, bringing in a voice like Rondo, who LeBron will listen to, this is a, a, a key point of it all because obviously it, it all starts and ends with LeBron as good as Anthony Davis is. But in terms of how this team goes, it's very important for guys who are going to talk that they have LeBron's respect and that LeBron will actually listen. And we've seen Rajon Rondo get LeBron James to listen. And as you said, they play very well together. So I'm excited he's back. You know, I think he and Russell Westbrook, you have Kendrick Nunn in the backcourt, you have Malik Monk in the backcourt. I mean, this is just such a different mix than we're used to uh, seeing from the Lakers in terms of their backcourt mix. They have a lot more offensive potential, more potential firepower, more scoring ability. So it's an exciting time. And of course, with LeBron and AD, now you've got a whole new combination down low as well, JC. Marcus Gasol uh, traded to Memphis. Memphis will waive him, do him that favor. So he'll return with his family in Spain. But now the Lakers bring back Dwight Howard and bring in DeAndre Jordan, who after the Nets signed all of the power forwards in the world, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, all to the Nets. They said, we don't really need you, DJ. Actually, we need to get out from under your contract. They trade him away. He's bought out and he arrives to the Lakers. I thought his arrival, JC, and I'm curious on your take about this, was a little bit overblown in the sense that so many people were like, oh, he's this kind of player at this stage of his career. Oh, he's flawed and he can only do this, this or that. He's playing the JaVale McGee role. To me, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, to, to look at his production last season in 21 and a half, I believe it was 21 and a half minutes, might have been less than that. He was still grabbing about eight boards and was still blocking a shot a game. And so, yeah, he's still that rim-protecting center. It's basically a replication of, of Dwight and JaVale. It's just now Dwight and DeAndre. And DeAndre Jordan is that rare center who's been on that list of players I've wanted to see play with LeBron for a long time. And it's a little bit of a bummer. It's now at this stage of his career, but what what's going to be asked of him, I think he'll be able to deliver magnificently. And the loss of Marc Gasol, the way this team transformed the roster, it's pretty apparent that this team is going to move faster, whether it be offensively or defensively. And yeah, that simply just wasn't really going to be a piece, a fit for, for Marcus Hall as, as well as he played last year. Um, but yeah, it's nice that the Lakers did him that favor so he could retire a Memphis Grizzly. Look, with Gasol, what it comes down to is even when he signed the two-year deal, you know, at the time he signed the two-year deal, I was just, I was kind of surprised because it was a two-year deal. I just figured it would be a one-year vet minimum deal. But it was a two-year vet minimum deal. And with, and with Gasol, you know, even when he signed that deal, he was always going to be a candidate to be traded prior to the conclusion of it. And I think it really chapped his ass the way that the Lakers sort of treated him last year. And I don't blame him, right? Because you bring in, you know, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mon- having Montrez Harrell is one thing because they're two different kinds of players. But bringing in Andre Drummond and just basically elevating him for no real reason other than he's different than Marcus Gasol and played worse than Marcus Gasol and continuing to give him minutes un- until ultimately, you know, the, fi- the finality of the season, I think that really chapped Marcus Gasol's ass. And not that Gasol was a perfect fit for this team, but he was a good passer. You could run the offense out of the high post. But now that they've got all of these ball handlers, they've got all of this ability to score the basketball that they just didn't have on last year's team, JC. That's what made Gasol the most expendable. And this is why we see the scenario that we do. The Lakers are not short on options in the backcourt or in terms of just to handle the basketball in general. So really between Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, and the minutes Anthony Davis is going to play at center, I think the Lakers are going to be set down low. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it's Yeah, Mark, Mark Gasol was basically kind of replaced de facto with Russell Westbrook's passing ability. And so, yeah, there, even if he likes what he, what he brought to the table offensively with his passing ability, it's, it's another thing that was going to be a replication of a duplication of, of, of efforts. A hundred percent. And now instead the Lakers down low, you know, when Anthony Davis plays center, I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of lineup takes shape around him. You figure Carmelo might be a part of that, playing the power forward position with LeBron at the three, so to speak, although it will be technically positionless because that's where we are in today's NBA, right? But I think lineups like that the Lakers can really gravitate to and really have some fun with, for lack of a better way to say it. I mean, this Lakers team, the the main talking point for every critic or every philosopher on what this team could look like has been centered around one thing and that's the age of the team jc i mean this has been the focal point of the conversation is that this team is very very old you know is the season going to be too fast for them too much to this to that look the lakers are not going to be playing for first place in the western conference not that they don't want to win games nor that they uh, or anything like that it's just that they're going to be built for the long haul what Russell, what Russell's arrival, okay, does for this team, Russell Westbrook's arrival does for this team, JC, is that it allows them to pick their spots with rest nights if they go in that direction in terms of, you know, uh, a maintenance day for the player, right? Whether it's LeBron, AD, or even Westbrook himself. But Westbrook plays at a million miles an hour. So now that you have three of them, one thing we really saw from the Lakers last season, JC, too much of is that when one of LeBron or AD was off the court, this team struggled offensively. And when they were both off the court, JC, the Lakers couldn't do anything offensively. So, you know, one of the things we talked about prior this offseason is how they've really shifted the identity of the team again and that, you know, Frank Vogel is going to have his work cut out for him in terms of creating a defensive-minded team because that's the kind of coach he is and that's the kind of team the Lakers have been the last couple of years. But I think the Lakers are really betting on this improved offense to be able to stay in games uh, as, you know, and I think that they're going to be on the winning side of that formula if and only if because they have LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook amongst guys now like Melo, Monk, Kendrick Nunn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I hope that guys like Kendrick Nunn and Wayne Ellington, like I hope that they realize that they're probably going to be more 
of an impact in the regular season than they are in the playoffs. Like, and during the regular season, Kendrick Nunn might end up playing more minutes than Rajon Rondo, but come playoff time with his experience and, of course, the playoff Rondo moniker, yeah, there just might not be as many minutes for a guy like Kendrick Nunn come playoff time, but I hope he understands how important he's going to be during the regular season to get them to that point. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, look, if you're Kendrick Nunn, you, you know the contract that you're signing, you know who you're signing it with, and you know when it's time for crunch time, the Lakers are going to play their most effective unit, whatever that looks like at that time. Now, hopefully, you've played well enough where you're even in consideration for that lineup, let alone in it. I mean, I think that's a best-case scenario for Kendrick Nunn because if you play him alongside Russell Westbrook, if you play him alongside Rajon Rondo, that's putting him in a scenario where he has to be a shooter out there, okay? He has to be efficient from the three-point line. So I think that's a best-case scenario for Kendrick Nunn. That all said, I think the Lakers are looking at a team where on some nights it might be Kendrick Nunn who pops off the bench. It might be Malik Monk who pops off the bench. It might be, you know, Wayne Ellington who has a good game if he's going to be a member of the starting lineup. And so, you know, Kent Bazemore, Taylor Horton Tucker, Carmelo Anthony might be able to score 15 or 20 on any given night, right? There might be nights where Melo scores nine on 10 shots, and there might be nights where he scores 18 on eight shots. And I feel like that's kind of how it's going to go for this team. The production is going to be consistent where you know you can expect it from. But other than that, it's going to be spread around. And when a guy has the hot hand, I feel like that's what's going to dictate playing time and lineup. So I wouldn't be surprised as the Lakers start out, especially in the preseason and, you know, exhibition games here, JC, that they experiment with lineups where, you know, if a, if a guy gets hot, how do you sort of mold the team around him? Knowing what that you have three steady rocks, you're more or less always going to keep on their regular rotation, regardless of what else is going on. Yeah, totally. I agree. And so now that the Lakers move forward and they've redesigned their team, they've put, you know, a renewed emphasis, I'll call it, on being able to shoot the basketball. I feel like, you know, this is the one piece of Groundhog's Day about this team is does it have enough shooting? Does it have enough shooting? JC, does the team have enough shooting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Russell Westbrook and LeBron James aside, and even Anthony Davis to a certain extent, yeah, I think you've got a pretty good amount of shooting from Ellington Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Carmelo Anthony. Um, and, you know, even from, from guys like Russell Westbrook and LeBron, like if they if they can consistently shoot above 35%, which isn't that far off from their career averages, then then yeah, I mean that's that's enough shooting. I think with as with as many options as this team has, you don't need a lot of forty percent three point shooters out there. Well, the Lakers do need some players who at least start the season respectable from beyond the three point line, because otherwise defensively this team is going to get challenged right away. That said, again, the talent on this team is clearly better than what, we've, what we saw last year. But the chemistry piece is really just incredible to me because this team literally has not played a single game together yet in terms of a cohesive unit. I know almost everybody who was brought in in free agency was an ex-Laker or feels like a Laker that should have always destined to be but never was, i.e. Carmelo, right? I.e. A, a guy like DeAndre Jordan. So now that the Lakers have the band back together, I feel really confident in their ability to sort of gel as a cohesive unit. I'm curious as to what types of lineups they'll experiment with, right? So like, if you're in the first quarter, obviously all three guys are going to start, right? Westbrook, LeBron, AD, they all start. So at six minutes, do you pull LeBron off the court 
And at two minutes, do you pull AD off the court, letting Russ play the whole first quarter, letting LeBron rest a little bit before coming back in, and then you sort of stagger it from there? Or do you play a scenario where, you know, you take two of three out at one given time and then stagger them from there? And also, JC, do you think the Lakers are going to be more prone in terms of, you know, their inclination, shall we say, uh, to take a, a, a maintenance day and a load management day? LeBron has been pretty vocal about his not necessarily total unwillingness but his displeasure in doing that a large part of that reason being for the fans and their ability to see him but with ad you know coming off an injury russell westbrook plays a million miles an hour every day and lebron obviously getting older in his career do you think that's going to be more of something that is they're going to be voluntold versus volunteer for yeah i mean i think it'll be occasional but not not super frequent um and then yeah i think it'll be a situation of where it'll be one not not two and definitely not all three and so yeah that's more that's more or less what i think people will see is is maybe one on occasion the lakers do have some roster flexibility left jc if the lakers were to augment this roster any further is there any particular position that you would want them to to sort of go toward well, there. So we talk about the like the chemistry issues, and and I think with the addition of Rondo, like to me, and just from from what I saw last year with with Dennis Schroeder being a really talented player who didn't necessarily fit because either they didn't use him the right way or for whatever reason he just was a square peg in a round hole. Um, I do think they're in a position to where there's a couple of players where they're that an issue like that could arise, which is why I brought up Kendrick Nunn's name. Like he's a really talented player. He had a lot of great moments in Miami when Goran Dragic wasn't available. Kendrick Nunn was the man. And so I could see him not getting as many minutes as, as he likes. And I could see him being a decent trade piece down the line. If he feels like he's not fitting in as well as, you know, people think he might be. And so, but that's an issue I think that's easily dealt with. Um, but that's really the only wrinkle that I I could see as a player like Kendrick Nunn, you know, being more talented than, than what he's playing. I feel like the Lakers are going to more or less move forward with the roster that they've constructed to date. I don't think there's going to be any other quote unquote impact additions coming the way of this team. So I think it's going to be interesting in terms of who might be able to make an impression from summer league and or early in training camp in order to sort of put themselves into consideration for, you know, not only being a part of the the taxi, co- the taxi squad, we'll call it, of this team, but actually of, of the regular roster. And, you know, a lot of these guys who the Lakers have brought in this offseason as, as undrafted free agents, uh, there's some real interest around them. And, I, and specifically, you know, I, I sort of wonder about Mac McClung, a guy who I've Kept an eye on uh, since he was in high school, like a lot of us, and uh, now he's wearing the Lakers purple and gold. Uh, do you think there's a scenario where he could actually break camp as a member of the of the big boys? Uh, I mean, possibly. I I think the Lakers should leave a couple of roster spots open just for the possibility of the NBA being the NBA, and you never know what could happen. And so, yeah, Mac McClung could, you know, surprise a lot of people in training camp and his effort be something that that earns him a spot on the roster there could be a crazy scenario 
I think, in, potentially involving Ben Simmons, where he gets traded to Cleveland for Colin Sexton and Kevin Love, and Philadelphia buys Kevin Love out. And why wouldn't you bring Kevin Love in if he's available? Like that's like stuff like that is the reason why I think the Lakers should leave a couple of roster spots open, just because in this crazy NBA world, you never know what can happen. What do you think about the scenario in which the Lakers have left themselves? And what I mean by that, JC, is that as a result of the Russell Westbrook trade, which obviously is a huge move for this team, okay? But as a result of that, in combination with the free agent signings that they've undertaken and the general structure of the team, they've sort of left themselves without any any really huge trade chips, okay? So in terms of being able to improve in an unexpected space, I don't know that the Lakers are going to be players. Now, I agree with you. There's a scenario where Kendrick Nunn could become a, a tradable contract, although I don't necessarily think the Lakers signed him with the intention of trading him, more with the option of trading him. But I think besides him, it's now THT who's got his extension, who is the most tradable asset on this team. And so I don't expect the Lakers to be really major players because of that and the Russell Westbrook trade in terms of anything that may become available on the trade market uh, at any point throughout the regular season. But I do think the Lakers could have a scenario where they could pursue a marginal improvement and you know, at the acquisition cost of Taylor Horton Tucker, I guess it's going to depend where this team is in the race. That said, I think the Lakers hope Taylor Horton Tucker becomes that player. Yeah. And it, it, what's interesting about Kendrick Nunn again is sometimes there are players that are too expensive to trade. And I think Kendrick Nunn might actually be too cheap to trade because he's way more talented than his contract. Yeah. And so any, any trade that the Lakers might make, even if he isn't happy, uh, it would be a one-sided trade that the Lakers wouldn't necessarily be winning because he's in such a favorable contract. Um, kind of the same with with THT. Like if they were now, you might hear season long about the package of THT being him and none, as opposed to him and Kyle Kuzma last year. Um, that's something that might happen. You, that you might hear day after day until February. But uh, yeah, they they don't have a lot of trade pieces, and it's it. You know, again, like crazy things could happen. Before Rondo was, was traded to Memphis, like I was all aboard the signing of Isaiah Thomas. Like I, I, I like his hunger. I like I like the things he's been saying in podcasts where he talks about what his hip injury was, why it wasn't healed the first time, and why it's healed now. It all it all made sense. And to me, I think I think he is a hundred percent again. And but as soon as Rondo became available, I was like, well, obviously, you'd rather have Rondo than than as than an unsure Isaiah Thomas. But down the road, somebody somebody becomes unhappy or a guard, guard spot becomes available and Isaiah Thomas is still there. Yeah, why not? I'm surprised. I, I, I really am that Kendrick Nunn became available to the Lakers. Like, to me, that's, that's a bigger surprise than the Lakers being able to play on Montrez Harrell last summer. Like, that's... That's the level of surprise it is to me. Yeah, and, and I'm only because I'm only as concerned about him as I am because of the way I thought Harold would be a much better fit than he was last year. That's the only reason why I keep bringing up Nunn's name because I do kind of have, you know, tr- reliving the trauma of Montrez Harold not exactly working uh, because even though he is super talented and that, that could be the case with Nunn, but I doubt it. I'm just I'm I'm like I said I'm just really surprised that he became available to the Lakers. 
almost as surprised as uh, Malik Monk being able to come to the Lakers. Malik Monk on the minimum, JC, is ridiculous. Yeah, him him I wasn't as familiar with, but when I looked up his highlights, if if he ends up being the starting two, yeah, with him and Russell Westbrook, that's that's the most athletic backcourt in the league. It's crazy. I mean, that's 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 a gamble for sure, but that's a worthy one to take. And I think the Lakers have, you know, prioritized some youth off the bench to offset some of the age in their starting lineup. And that all said, I think it's really going to be an exciting season for the Lakers. I, I really feel like they're going to have this ability to gel, to be a cohesive unit, and to sort of not necessarily exceed expectation because I'm not sure that that's, that's realistically possible, but to meet expectations early in the season so long as they're able to get off to a, to a good start. Yeah, it's crazy. The expectations are insanely high because now people are talking about you know, LA and Brooklyn are bust for the finals. And so, yeah, like, like LeBron has come into seasons with expectations high before with the big three in Miami, the first season in Los Angeles with AD and which he delivered. Um, yeah, this might be one of the seasons, even though it's year 19 for him, in which the expectations are the highest, which is crazy to say. Yeah, that's really, that's really a good, that's really a good way to look at it, man. And, and I'm, I'm glad you said it that way. I mean, what is what is before we kind of wrap up this this I don't know if we want what are we even calling this? Is this like a preview episode? Is this like a transitional episode? Whatever this is going to be, okay? <laughs> before we wrap it up, is there anything that you're particularly looking for in terms of when the Lakers start to come together and, you know, play as a team now that they're the season is almost back into focus? It's just crazy how fast time has been going, man. Um I'm just I'm really excited to see I've always been, I've always been somebody who who like loves the idea of triple doubles. And like when LeBron came out of high school, I I loved the idea of him because I thought he'd be the first guy to average a triple double, and he wasn't. Russell Westbrook was. But when Russell Westbrook did it, I don't know. It it's probably the inefficiency. Since seeing Russell Westbrook do it, I wasn't as impressed as I thought I would be. And so I I've been one of the people that probably hasn't appreciated him as much as. I should have. And so I'm looking forward to kind of reevaluating that and seeing how he meshes with a guy like LeBron. Cause even though he's played with James Harden, even though he's played with Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant in his career, he's still never really played with anybody like LeBron, anybody who's kind of like him. And so I'm curious to see how that works. They seem to think it will work and I don't see any reason why they'd be wrong because they, they would know better than us. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's a great answer, man. And I'm I'm just I can't wait to see what it looks like with Russell Westbrook in town. I can't wait to see what it's like, you know, when things are going well, when things might be going a little bit less than well. Maybe they, you know, lose a game or two here and there. Um, so I'm curious to see how everybody reacts in the locker room. I'm curious to see who steps up as, you know, is an absolutely brilliant move. He's great with player development. He's great with temperament. He's been there. The guys know that. So I think I think that's really intriguing. I think that's really exciting. But ultimately, I'm stoked that Russell Westbrook is on the Lakers. That it's surreal to me still. That Melo is on the Lakers, surreal to me still. So I'm really excited to see a lineup, despite what it what it may be at this stage of their careers, that includes Rondo, LeBron, Melo, and Anthony Davis. I'm I'm really excited to see that, man. Yeah, game two or three. I don't remember if it's game two or three, but they'll be in San Antonio, and I've already got my ticket. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, you're one ahead of me on that front. And hopefully those of you guys who have listened to this episode, 
you've already gone out, you've got your Laker tickets, whether it's here in Los Angeles at the Staples Center or whatever arena you are lucky enough to call home. JC, it's been a while, but it's good to be back. We're going to do it more frequently now that the season's coming into focus. The preseason's coming into focus, training camp, all that good stuff. On Twitter, you got to follow us at HoopBallLakers. He's at JCDeLeon1. I'm at Ethan underscore Noroff, 1-F-N-O-R-O-F. And until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.